Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to LCC's podcast, Pursuit of Purpose. I am your supposed host, Nate Luke. Yeah, who is this guy? I don't know. I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, it's been a while. There's yeah. a stranger sitting next to me. Stranger danger. <laughs> Run away. <laughs> I'm here with Kevin Stuckey. Hey. And Nelson Combs. Hello. And Cody cannot make it tonight. He is in some tropical paradise-ish somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So good for him. Yeah. Good for I, him. You know, it's not. Yeah, true. It's not. I'm, I don't appreciate talking about it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> All right, folks. So, um, like always, I think we got a pretty good topic lined up uh, for tonight. I think it's a really important one um, and something that, you know, I think we all could uh, could just have a little bit of uh, thought and reflection on. Um, but first, as always, we'll get to some news. Oh, what it's been a while got? since I've done the news. It man. is, yeah. And I'm, I'm not sure a lot of like, has a lot of like really important stuff happened since like late April? Like I've been out of it, man. I've been coaching track. Like that's taken up my all my time. I don't know. No, I don't think so. Cicadas. Cicadas. Yeah, but have not you around seen here. Them? Not around, not here at all. No, but I was coming back from Columbus last weekend, and they are, are thick all over 71. on seventy one. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, they're everywhere. So that's the way it was a few years ago uh, when when they came. Well, it'll be seven years ago, but they were right. It's every seven years. Seventeen. Right? Seventeen. Seventeen. I thought, but I thought like in between. I think there's that, different, different regions, and they come out different yeah. species or something. Yeah, I was These, gonna say. I, I I think I thought they had one. I thought it was like almost every seven years or something like that. But no, your guys are saying. No, you're 17. thinking of the thing off Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> <laughs> this one is a seventeen year. The, so th- this is a big one then. Yeah. So yeah. is so will it move into our area eventually? Like, is it kind of like like coming down this way to where we're going to start seeing some of this too? Or? I thought I heard it was going I, to, but I thought it was supposed to be by now. Yeah, I thought so too. And then I was I was in Columbus today, and it was driving down seventy one. It was it was pretty wild. Like I thought something was wrong with the vehicle that I was riding in. <laughs> like, but no, it was, it was cicadas. They were out thick. So. Yeah, what a weird and, thing. You know, I've I've seen on the news as well. Do you imagine seventeen years underground? Then you pop up and you yeah. then you cross across well, seventy one. That's so as I, much dude, as you make it. A lot's happened in seventeen <laughs> years. Yeah. Talk about maybe not in for since April, but I guarantee you that so, cicada whoa. has no idea what's happening. Like he's what like, is wrong COVID? with the world? <laughs> a lot has changed. I'm going back in the ground. <laughs> I'm not staying out very long. <laughs> Oh yeah, good and stuff. Well, two, I've heard cicadas are really good for the soil. They aerate it. They turn the soil over. Well, it, I don't know because they're not here. Well, I mean that's what the scientists say. Well, show me a cicada, and I'll tell you. Okay, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> Nelson, you got this. Yeah. I'm kind of angry <laughs> yeah. if they're good fertilizer that they're not <laughs> they're around not, here. Not around like, here. This is taking every, me off. Every bit. 17 years, my crop could be slightly better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for any edge, man. <laughs> that would totally happen. Hey, to tell me this though: Are cicadas the ones that like they die and then like pile up on the sides of the roads and stuff? Like, 
Is that I thought I remembered that. I haven't heard time. that urban legend before. Oh my goodness. It's been seventeen years. How old were you then? Like were you were like five, right? Seventeen. Oh wow, wait, give me a second. Carry the two. Fourteen. I was fourteen. He doesn't even remember fourteen. Weren't even driving. Freshman year of high school. What was the number one top song at that time? Oh, uh, let's see. That that was two thousand four. <laughs> uh oh well uh, probably uh I don't know, some Nickelback song, probably. <laughs> that's, prob- <laughs> that's probably accurate. <laughs> let's, let's definitely fact check, because yeah. the chances of that being right are actually probably pretty good. That or Yin Yang Twins, I don't know. <laughs> okay, <laughs> top song in 2004, and the answer is... Please yeah, back. by Usher. Oh, Usher, yeah, yeah, that was big. Yeah, yeah. by Usher. Lil John, yeah. Crazy. No idea, but that's okay. That's okay, man. That's all right. Uh, so, yeah, cicadas, guys. Watch out for them. Um, also, in other news, this just happened yesterday. National Geographic declared that we now have another ocean. Where is it? Antarctica. It's called literally the Southern Ocean. Atlantic, been- Indian, Pacific, Arctic, Southern Wow, what a terrible name. Well, they're also the same people that took away Pluto as a planet. Oh, so yeah. so we don't trust them. Yeah. We don't like don't these trust people. Those guys. Scientists. Creating Pluto is my favorite. Oceans. <laughs> so because of like, is this... Like ice melt? They're ju- I would assume. I was going to say, I was going to ask that. There's purely just an assumption. I would say it's probably because of ice melt. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Biden, Biden's going to save him. Stop. We're not going down that road, Kevin. <laughs> we said it before. We're not going down that road. <laughs> I'm putting it into it right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Kevin. Yes. Sermon, man. You yes. want to give us a little synopsis? Speaking of Biden, I talked about suffering and pain. and. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. It's late. <laughs> sorry to we're, me, man. We're recording at is eight thirty nine. Nine thirty. No, nine thirty. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't even know what time it is. No, I talked about. Um, I did talk about suffering and pain um, this week, and it seems like that always comes up. Like, you know, just in 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 different series. You know, I feel like it's a it's a topic. You know, well, I guess I say it, it becomes more of an important topic for this culture because of, like I said Sunday, the shock that we feel when pain and suffering and hardships come in our lives. Mm-hmm. Like, we almost expect comfort and for our lives to be good. And so when that suffering comes, it's always a very difficult thing. And, and I feel like we're exposed to it so much more than we ever have been to because of the way, you know, media, you know, presents a lot of things that we would never know about or hear about. Um, but now, like, we are sa- our lives are saturated with sad stories, mm-hmm. um, sad things. And then I think even in, even, you know, in our lives, like, you know, it's 50 years ago, bad news came okay let's go you know we still gotta do this and do that and i think today it interrupts our lives more than ever and so 
understanding like that actually a part of our journey and some of the beauty of our journey is suffering and hardship and how God uses that to form us and mold us into men and women who can bring glory to his name in ways that we never could. You know, the depth and um, the weight that comes from that in our lives that makes us more, almost more real, you know, in a sense. Um, So we dealt with that and we just dealt with the fact that you know what, like there are times where God says, no, I'm going to allow this. Um, and and because I allow it, you know, the gospel doesn't shy away from suffering, but the gospel actually embraces it and says, hey, listen, like this is this is a part of how God created us. And, and when we embrace that, like we become better for it. Uh, and that's, that's a hard thing <laughs> to say, especially when you're facing those hardships, facing those trials, facing those difficulties. But there's no way that, that any of us could look back on, on any of those moments where we've been through really difficult things and not say, I'm better for better it. Better after. Yeah. Yeah. So that was what we dealt with Sunday. Moving on to a new series. We're going to deal with some doctrine. It's exciting. That is exciting. Actually. I'm pumped. First. So what's what's the title of the new series? Can I don't know. You give that away yet? Well, I don't know yet uh, because um, Nelson's going to be working on it tomorrow. So yeah. he's uh, he's got a lot of extra time at work now that he's working again. He's got a lot of free time. I've got a lot of free time now. So. Yeah. So no, I'm yeah you know, I'm going to keep it real simple. I was told once that I should preach kiss sermons. I was told keep by, it simple, stupid. Yeah, Tom Boyle told me that. Keep it simple, stupid. So I, I'm gonna. The title will be the doctrine of God. I don't plan on like, um, like doing the entire doctrine of God. <laughs> There's, I could. You should do the entire doctrine and the Greek and Latin. <laughs> we would be here for days. Yes, <laughs> but it's theology, kids. <laughs> this is what it is. VBS is over. Talk about pain and suffering. <laughs> what do you think I led into this with pain and suffering? Here we go. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Good stuff. All right, well, um, boys, let's jump right into it. So. Our, uh, our topic for the day, like I said, I think it's an important one. I think it applies to pretty much all of us. Um, it, it's the topic of exclusive, help me with this word. Exclusivity. Really Thank you. Exclusivity um, in Christianity um, or within Christians. Um, so I, I was in charge of the topic this week because I haven't been here forever, so they were picking on me. Um, so we've been reading a book called Speaking of Jesus by a, a man named Carl Medeiros. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's through our small group mm-hmm. uh, that Nelson, Kevin, and I are, are all in. And Speaking of exclusivity. Yes. The small group. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, good segue. So <laughs> in, in the book, um, in, in chapter two, there was something that kind of stuck out to me and um, this guy, Carl Medeiros, he went to, uh, it was basically like a, a Q and a of different religions. And, and he kind of was one of the representatives of the religion Christianity. Um, and, and of course he, he completely fools everybody at this Q and a, they expect some, you know, complex doctrinal doctrinal 
Is that the word? Doctr- doctrinal. Doctrinal answer from Carl. That sounds good. Um, but he keeps it simple, stupid. Yeah. He just talks about how Jesus um, Jesus loves. Um, but one of the one of the interesting things was the they asked Carl, you know, how do Christians um, deal with terrorism or how do they deal with, um, I, I think terrorism was the specific uh, term that they used, um, or just bad people in general. And Carl's answer was, well, you know, Jesus hung with tax collectors. He um, hung with a zealot who, I mean, a zealot was essentially, a, and correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin, a terrorist. Yes. A, a political insurgent, right? Yes. yes. Um, Someone so, who was extreme in their political leanings to the point where they would do very drastic things to see those mean, means met. Correct. So, yeah, essentially, I mean, a lot of them, a lot of them would be considered terrorists um, by today's definition. Um, so, you know, that kind of stuck out to me, you know, like this, this idea of, yes, we, we have to do that. We have to, uh, bring the, the word to those people. We have to form relationships with them, um, to where we help them grow, um, and to where we, we keep growing as well through that. Um, but you know, you guys brought up a good point before we started, you know, is there a line to be drawn in the sand? You know, is there some sort of exclusivity that needs to stay um, within our walls as Christians? So, you know, just some of the um, some of the the Bible verses that I could just kind of research here. Second um, Corinthians chapter six fourteen um, says, "Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light?" have with darkness. Uh, another one is uh, 1 Corinthians 15. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. You know, Second John, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take them into your house or welcome them. Anyone who welcomes them shares in their wicked work. Uh, just one more for good measure. Proverbs 13 again. Uh, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. So, you know, it, us Christians, um, you know, when we when we try to form relationships, is this something that, um, we can fall into a trap ourselves? Um, it's, it's, you know, if you don't, if you take things out of the, out of context within the Bible, you know, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. Um, you know, that, that can be taken as in some ways, you know, keep your inner circle close and make it, make it a Christian inner circle. So, you know, I'm just, I guess I just want to know kind of what your thoughts are on this, guys. And, you know, is there an exclusivity? Gosh, I hate that word. Thank you. I hate that word. Um, Is there an exclusivity um, that needs to uh, be present in our lives as Christians? You know, one of the verses that I came across when I was kind of researching a little bit of this is uh, Mark 2. Uh, 17, on hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And, and so it's, but I do understand what you're saying about drawing a line in the sand where you've got, I feel like you've got to be very careful with how far, I don't want to say you reach out, but how much you invest and open your, your family, your, your home to to prevent that corruption coming into your home. Um, and so I think there, you know, I think there is a exclusivity within Christians to, to, to be together and to strengthen each other, to be able to go into the world better prepared. And don't you think like the lines 
have been so skewed on this uh, in 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 this time and age because there is so much exposure to so many aspects of so many people's lives, whether it's represented properly or not through social media um, and and even cell phones and what we can do with you know pictures and texts and phone calls and all these things like we're able to maintain relationships with so many people that was never possible before and do business you know almost entirely on our phone and I don't care what industry you're in like you know even from a farming standpoint if I need seed I make a phone call the guys there you know within 15 20 minutes with you know seed to make sure that we we can continue you know doing what we need to do or you know I mean meetings through Zoom and FaceTime and I mean there's just there's so much more exposure to so many different things that that I, I think the the lines become very skewed on on what is okay to exclude from and what is not and and how do we be how are we how do we maintain you know this this air of evangelism and sharing the gospel you know but at the same time continue to sharpen and Nelson with when what you said like my mind went family first too in this sense. I was uh, reading the other day, and I wish I could remember the name of the book. My wife will be mad at me because she like threw the book in front of me and said, "Have you ever read this?" And I'm like, "No, I haven't ever read it." And I really didn't plan to, but I was like sitting there the other day, and it was just kind of like I could flip the TV on and waste like the next hour, or I could like go out on the porch and read for a little bit. And so I grabbed the book and went out and read, and it talked about having worship with your family. Now, not worship like sit around and sing kumbaya, but like, like have like small group with your family. Like don't, don't, don't leave small group as a time that you do with just a small group, but like do it with your family. And that's a very exclusive group. I'm not inviting you guys to that worship service. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's for me, my wife and my kids. That's a healthy, exclusive, sure. small group. Um, and I think the leadership in this church, that's a healthy, exclusive group. Um, I think the staff in this church, that's a healthy, exclusive group. You guys won't be invited to those things. You know, this podcast, like we were even talking about this, you know, before the show. Like there are people that won't be invited to share on this podcast you know, now, am I saying that's necessarily always right and that, you know, we hold the keys to this and so we must have some special divine knowledge of who should or not? No, but, like, we all care enough about this to know, like, to an extent what we're, what, what we're looking for, you know, in trying to present content that is going to be a blessing to other people and be something, you know, that will help others grow, hence the topic that we're even discussing right now. Um, so there will be people that don't get invited, but then there will be people that, that the spirit leads us to that maybe we would never consider that opens the door for opportunities for us to share things that we never thought possible as well. And so those are all very exclusive things, but I think in the right context and done the right way, maintain a health in them 
that I think that we have to hold to. Um, where that line then should be drawn or not drawn, I think can be very challenging. I mean, we've we've talked about this. You know, I know there are people, even in in this small church, Leesburg Church of Christ, that have felt left out. I don't know that that's a bad thing, but I don't know that it's always a good thing too. And 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 so. You know the question that that I I think like we have to like to ask is is what we're doing and why we're doing it to the honor and glory of God or is there a selfish pride or arrogance that creates a wall that other people can't get over to maybe experience that as well in that setting? Um, there are qualifications. To being a leader in this church that not every man in this church is going to meet you know um there are qualifications to being the person up you know front on sunday mornings speaking the message and i'm not saying like i'm perfect or i have it all figured out but like there are there are, there are certain characteristics that you want that person to have you know and the same thing goes for anybody that's going to be like speaking on a show like this like there's a humility that must absolutely you know, um, you know, permeate that person's, you know, mentality and, and, and how they share and their character and those things. Like, those things are important. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't have them, then the wrong message can be portrayed in those things. And so, I, I don't, I mean, that's, honestly, if I'm looking for a guest for the show, like, that's what I want. I want that guy. I want a guy who's going to be self-deprecating. I want a guy who's going to who's going to see themselves in a, in, a, in a, and not just guy, girl, whatever, you know. Not that they won't have an edge. Not that there won't be some pride in what they do. But, it, but it'll be filled with a humility and a love and a grace and a desire to glorify God in the name of God, you know, in what they're doing and how they're doing it. Yeah, I mean, those are the conversations I love the most when there's another guy sitting across the table from me saying how much of a degenerate he is. Oh, you are too, huh? Let's talk. <laughs> We're in the same club. <laughs> so, I, so yes, it's exclusive, and, and I think that's good. And no, it shouldn't be. And finding the right venue, the right place for those things to um to be done is is i think the challenging thing because because there is only so much of us right and so i think it comes down to even personalities and not that we not that we should use that as an excuse as someone who you know is trying to to evangelize and spread the gospel but like there are there are definitely people who have a more Carl Medeiros mentality who who can be a real blessing to a church by the fact that they're always going out and discovering groups to and people to love and, and bring in. But but I think then the other side of that is like there's a real need for in church a discipleship that is going to be more exclusive Um and and men and women taking that mantle up and saying, "Hey, listen, this is what I'm going to pour myself into," and and um, and do it well. And I think it's not being afraid when God calls you into the other arena of that to step out, 
you know, in radical faith and say, yes, I will, wherever you take me. I don't know. I told you guys, like, this. there's a lot of rabbit holes we could go down with this. And Absolutely. So, I don't know. Yes and no. Let me ask you this. Um, you've done you've done Kairos. Nelson, have you done Kairos? No, I've not. No. Okay. I haven't either. So, Kevin, this question's what is, for What you. is this Kairos you speak of? Stop it. It is a prison ministry. Yeah. Um... Like a an intensive weekend where really you just spend uh, four days Thursday Friday Thursday part of the day Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday with a handful twenty thirty inmates um, and just an intensive like gospel presentation essentially is what it is and and you present the gospel in everything in how you give food, how you serve, the discussions at the table, the talks that go on. Like, that's what Kairos is. So, so theoretical here, okay? Um, you know, let's say, Kevin, you talk, you sit down, discuss, um, you know, about church, about your faith, about G- this guy Jesus with an inmate. Um, let's say this inmate, you know, he might have made some huge mistakes, right? That's the reason why he's in prison. Um, but he the conversation, you know, touches him a lot. And he says that, Hey, I'm going to get out in a month and I would like to come to your church. You know, how, how do you, do you approach something like that? Um, you know, in that case. Oh, so easy questions today, I guess. (laughs) Right. Nelson, simple, you know, yeah, just the easy question. You know, it's, that is, it's funny that you asked that because I would say, there was a real fear when I first started doing Kairos, and I've done seven, I don't even know how many weekends I've done now, but that I can't share my information, I can't tell them where I live, you know, I can't tell them about my wife and my kids because they're going to come and murder me as soon as they get out of here. Like, there was a real, like, hesitation in that. Um, I would welcome that with open arms if, if that person was serious about that now. Um, I don't know that I would broadcast it to everybody in our church, you know, that, hey, such and such from our Kairos weekend, you know, who, you know, murdered his entire family is coming this weekend. You know, I'm, you know, I, but there is, I, I have so much more comfort in the fact that these are people, man, like really, Like, they've made huge mistakes, but they're people. Now, again, like, if if I... There is is one kid that I met on that weekend that I know that if I would have met him on the streets before he got there, he would have murdered me. Like, no ifs, ands, buts. Like, if he wanted something I had, he would have killed me, and he would have taken it. Like, I know... like sitting there that's all i could think about was like this would happen here now we continue to try to minister to this kid but he was so young like he just didn't care you know i mean a lot of young people haven't come to that place in the maturity in their life to understand like this life is not you know it's not guaranteed a lot of yeah, young people finite. feel like it's yeah. guaranteed they feel like you know they feel like they they're going to live forever and so they can do whatever they want i mean that's the mentality and this kid had that mentality he's like 
20 something like early 20s you know what i'm saying like so he just hadn't got to that point where there's a maturity of hey listen like i've taken a life and my life can be taken and like there's a a perspective that needed to really form in his life so that he grew up to be the man you know that he should be and so but there's other men that i dude who are incredible people who would be a blessing to this place who I would, you know, you know, would love to see them outside of that environment and, and, and hang out with them. And, um, so that's how I answer that question, I guess. But I have, it's something, it's something I've thought a lot about, you know? Um, I think, I think the hard part though, you know, when, when you think about something that is such an intentional evangelistic environment that we create how many how many environments like that do you have in your life i mean number them how many i don't even know yeah one maybe maybe yeah nate maybe maybe i i would say this another one that i could consider that i had that wasn't like intentionally like a church thing was coaching Hmm. i coached uh, junior high girls basketball and that is the closest thing to discipleship without speaking the name of Jesus that I've ever experienced and it was like a beautiful like representation of discipleship you know I, I remember taking girls and and it was like I could you could I could visualize what this child needed to get to this place where they became a better person with one girl, I put her on the line and put our best defenders against her, and I said, you dribble to the other end of the court. And I told the other girl, you don't let her. And I, I forced her to do this drill until she broke completely down in tears. And we went over to the bench, and I sat down, and I put my arm around her, and I just began to encourage her and said, do you know why I did that? Because you can and I believe in you, but you don't believe in yourself. You, you know what I'm saying? And you're pulling that out of that person you know, in that way. And so, again, it was very intentional, very, I'm spending this much time with people. But I, you know, outside of work, what other environments do we have that even come close to being able to spend the time that you would need to spend with somebody to be able to to, to have that kind of relationship to speak those kind of truths and be do those kind of things in their life? That's, I, that's why I, I don't think I will ever stop coaching, man. Yeah. I mean, it's that kind of, and that's kind of like where we're getting with this is like we create these exclusive environments, and and it's it's hard because you get comfortable to reach out of that, and you know to learn where you need to do that, and to create that environment, and to to challenge yourself and to put yourself out there. Yeah, I think I think the thing as Christians that we don't do is we don't when we know God is calling us into something. Like, we're good at making up excuses why we shouldn't do that thing. Um, and we're good at creating life busyness that that make it so that we can't do it. Um, but, you know, the, the types of things, even in the stories that Carl Madeira shares, are with close friends, you know, that that he's trying to influence in a certain way. And and so the thing I think that as individuals like we have to do to not create environments that 
that are just exclusive to any outsiders is first be open to opportunities that God lays, doors God opens. I think two, like trust God that he's going to put you in situations like that, that he's going to open doors for you. And now we have to be wise enough to hear him and then do those things. But then I think um, be ready to have those hard conversations when 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 they come. I, I'll, I'll give two examples of this. And both come from people that um, have worked for us at, on the farm. And for me, like, I really appreciate those kind of opportunities because you're, I don't know, anytime you're sweating and working next to somebody, like, it just feels, I don't know, it just feels more right, you know, in that environment to, to talk, you know, to, to, to have conversations that maybe wouldn't happen outside of that. One of them was with a young man who I care about, who he's not a believer, um, and you know I don't know that he'll ever make that decision, but we've had a lot of conversations about life and God, and I've challenged him in a lot of ways in that. None of that has borne born any fruit, you know. but at the same time, like I feel like it's been healthy and good, and he's a better man because of it, and like it's been a blessing to him and me, and our relationship has been good. The other situation I'd say is where... It didn't happen as naturally. It was very awkward, but I knew this man was having some hardships, and so I forced the issue. I said, you know, I began to talk about my life in Christ and said, you know, and this has helped me. Now, I think I said the right things, but it didn't feel right saying it, if that makes any sense. Now, I don't know if that's because, you know, of the age difference you know, I'm I'm younger than this other man, and so I felt, what right do I have to say this? Or if it was really the Spirit saying, like, the timing's just not good. I, I don't know, but that's the hard part. So do we err on not saying anything, you know, or do we err on saying something even though maybe it wasn't the right time? <laughs> you know, like, those are the types of questions that come up for me, like, in, in, in some of these discussions. Uh, and some of these things that we think about is like, you know, because I, I don't feel like I'm exclusive, but at the same time, I, I know like I create environments like and, and want to be around certain people and I don't around other people, you know, and so it's, it's hard for me like to always to kind of break out of those things and put myself in situations where maybe I would be more exposed to people that, that maybe are feeling left out, you know. I think timing's a big thing. I mean, there are times where, you know, well, for example, you know, a person who is receptive to listening to the hope that Jesus offers, um, when are they going to be most receptive to, to actually like really listen when they're at their lowest? Yeah. Always. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think uh, timing has to do with that a lot, um, especially when it comes to, you know, that discipleship factor. Well, think, let me, let me ask this question. I mean, you guys both came from other places and started attending this church. And, you know, I, you know, I don't think this church has ever been good at assimilation. Like, from a standpoint of, you come to our church, we get you a card, we follow up with you, we get you plugged into a group, 
you know, and you walk through that line. Now, that's very systems driven, and I'm a very like organic in my style anyway. Like I like for it to happen more naturally. And so like even even how this podcast started, like it was, hey Cody, you want to do a podcast? Yeah, sure. Let's and we just started talking. And then Nate shows up and, you know, he's has some experience with some things. Oh, Nate, you know, you want to do this too? Okay. Oh, yeah, sure, man. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and then and then it's like <clears throat> Like, it just doesn't feel right having just one bald guy. So, how do we get another one? Oh, on there's the a show? good one. Yeah. There's, I see him out there. That yeah. guy looks like a deer in headlights. <laughs> Ask him. Ask him. Like, <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a great plan. Yeah. yeah that is so, bad. but, I mean, and you guys have experienced that. And so, what did that feel like? What did, what did it feel like? Did it feel like it was exclusive? Did it feel like you needed to be a certain person or a certain family or a certain, you know, way to get into certain, you know, probably Nate, you guys didn't experience this as much because it was like kind of boom, boom, boom for you. Like in the sense that you spent some time here, but then it was like you did this and this and this and like you, like, you know what I'm saying? Like it didn't take very long for you to kind of get worked yeah. into the meat of what's happening but nelson it was different for you like you got yeah. you guys came for a long time before and it, you know and it wasn't as extreme kind of as you're kind of saying because because of my wife's you know like friendship with ashley and you know and so like there was some like common people that i knew uh but you know like as i've been a member here like that has been something that like i've kind of dealt with because there are a lot of long-term relationships here that I don't understand. Not saying I just don't know it, and and so so sometimes that can be kind of hard to break down when and then and try to see like where those connections are and where like I could fit into that. And but over you know like over time like those walls break down. I mean naturally just by seeing somebody you know week after week. Um, and so it's you know it's it should be something that probably laid more on my heart where it's like if I see somebody that like looks like I did you know to like maybe step over there and say something, um, but you know like so but when you come to a small community and a small church, there are relationships that have been built for generations, and uh, I mean there's entire family groups that come here and and it's it you know it, as being from somewhere different it's interesting to start to learn the groups because it's, you know, they're not, everyone's not wearing a badge <laughs> and, um, or something on their sleeve. And so it's like, it's interesting to sit back and to watch the dynamics and, and how those relationships are built and what those relationships are, you know, just, just to even to develop like, you know, who's Nate married to? Like, you know, just to learn that. Yeah, who is Nate married to? A wonderful lady. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like, I can just picture Nelson in his room, like, putting up, like, strings to, like, different faces. (laughs) I didn't didn't go beautiful mind on you, man. (laughs) Golly. Let's go. Wow. Oh, what a a great uh, picture in my mind. I could see Nelson doing that. Yeah, Nelson reminds me of, like, Russell Crowe. Yes. (laughs) I asked Taylor a lot. I'm like, no. Who is that? (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Oh man! No, I, I, yeah, you, you said something that I think is key to this, and that's week after week. You know, we live in a culture that is 
instant gratification. Mm-hmm. And because, because of that, I believe there is a an expectation to be included or to have that thing we see when maybe that's not the timing that God has for it. Mm-hmm. I had this conversation with someone recently. I said, in talking about people feeling excluded, I said, you can't eliminate the Holy Spirit in this. Now, this is, I'm just talking like church-related. You know, I'm not talking like evangelism-related because, I, I, you know, that's a, that's a completely different animal that we need to kind of probably shift to th- talking more about that. But like... The church one's the one I deal with most. I mean, you know, because I, you know, I'm overseeing, you know, to the best of my ability, this this body of believers. But you can't you can't eliminate the Holy Spirit opening or shutting doors for involvement in certain things, um, just because our feelings are hurt. You know, because I, you know, I would say, not, not getting the medal even though you didn't win, can be very detrimental to. More debt can could be, it would be more detrimental to just get what you want than actually like wrestle with what you don't get, and grow from it. You know, I mean, you being able to sit back and maybe feel left out because of these groups that are close, but then just be there. And then eventually, like, you got to a place where, like, God opened, uh, opened an incredible opportunity. And just because, like, you were there, you were there, you know? I mean, yeah. Nate is in the positions he is, you know, in our sound booth and with a lot of the stuff that we do because, because he was there. there. Yeah. And a skill, set, particular set of skills. Right, right, yeah. right. So where, like, are you there? You know, are you are you present? You know, are you are you here week in and week out and making yourself available? Are you, you know? open to that opportunity? If Will it's, you? If it's not the opportunity you think it's going to be, right? Yeah. Will yeah. you say yes? And then if it's not exactly right. Will you stick with it to see if God's going to do something with this, or like as soon as you get your feelings hurt, are you gonna are you gonna walk away? I mean, you've said it multiple times, Kevin, you know, if, if you come to the Leesburg Church of Christ and if you don't get involved, you're out, man. Like, you're, you're not going to stick gonna around. Survive. No. Yeah. No one will. Yeah. You know, but I think, you know, once you do, I mean, it, it would, I know this because of what we've been through all together, like some really bad stuff could happen, you know, with the Leesburg Church of Christ and you guys would, would stick around for a long time. In spite of that, because of the relationships that you've that we've built, just this group we've built, you know, over the last year and a, and a piece, you know. So yeah, I think there's a lot of value to that. May, I mean, you gotta be, you gotta be, you gotta be here. You gotta be there. You know, if 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 you desire something, if God's put that on your heart, then I, that would be the first thing I'd say. Just like put yourself in that environment. Don't be afraid of it. Like go into it. And you may not get what you're hoping for like that, but honestly, the best things that I've ever done in life, the the things that have the most value to me, weren't things that just happened. They were things where I put in the blood, sweat, and tears of just being there, 
you know, and doing that thing. And then it, and then it came into something bigger and more. I didn't walk away when it got tough. In fact, when it got tough, I doubled down. I mean, think about it in any, any part of your life. Those are the things that, that are most valuable. And yeah. it's the same thing for Christians. Like we've become wimpy in, 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 in that in a lot of ways. Especially Nelson. <laughs> it's, it's all right. <laughs> but let I mean, let, switch gears a little bit. So let's then talk about like the world, you know, people that aren't in this building. So I'm not afraid to tell people in this building, like seriously, if your feelings are hurt, like get tough, like a little bit. Like I'm not afraid to say that, you know, and it's because I've done that. Like I'm not, I'm not afraid to say it because I know what it's taken for me and I know how valuable that's been for my growth and my maturity as a Christian. Not that I've got it all figured out, you know, not that I don't get hurt, not that, you know, that I don't feel like, there's things that, that I'm excluded from and, and that that is painful for me too. But like, you know, when I face that, like it's, all right, is this okay that I am, you know, excluded from this? Yeah, it's a good thing. Like it's, it's you know, I didn't get asked to do this wedding. Oh, should I be, should my feelings be hurt? You know, they've been coming to church here and they didn't ask me, they asked someone else. Like I could, but the other side of it is, what about how important and valuable that person that is marrying them meant to that couple and formed them into the people that they are? Mm-hmm. Okay, like that's how we should look at those things. Not, oh, I, you know, I got left out of this, but no, like this person has made a tremendous impact on their life and that is a beautiful relationship, you know, that is formed because of whatever, you know, mm-hmm. whatever the situation is. Um, and so that's what I would say to Christians. Now, to non-Christians, I think that changes, you know, how do we create an environment to where those individuals can feel like they can belong to something that's more than what this world offers? I think the idea of, <clears throat> like you said, being organic with them is important. Um, I remember, you know, going to college and trying to find a church at college to go to. There are a lot of cool hip churches in Athens where you go there, they hand you a cup of coffee, they say welcome, and then they have you sign a piece of paper. How do you want to get involved? You may put your name down, yada, 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 put it in the offering plate, and then you never hear from them again. And no one talks to you on the way out. And I don't know, I I just can't, I can't imagine that's really the way that it should be designed. Um, so yeah, that's, that's something that I think I experienced a little bit. Um, what, what was your original thought there again, Kevin? Okay. Then what would you change about that as someone who maybe isn't churched or someone who is maybe you're seeking or maybe you're not even seeking, but like what, 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 what kind of environments can we create as Christians? Like where, where individuals, who are trying to find something, you know, can can find it. Like, what does that look like? Maybe the best way to answer that is to say, well, here's a story of something that either I experienced 
from someone else or I facilitated for someone? I don't know if there's a perfect answer to that. Um, Because if there was a perfect answer, everyone would go to church, right? Um, But I think we we have to be intentional about... um, I don't know if we, we can't practice being organic, but I think we have to practice being genuine, you know, or at least practice bringing out our, our, our genuine attitudes towards someone else who maybe just comes to church or outside of church for that matter. Um, and I think we have to meet them kind of where they're at as well. You know, if they, if you want to grab lunch with someone at the bar, you may not believe in going to the bar and drinking, but you know, maybe that's what they've experienced. So if you need to meet them at that place, do it. You know, you don't have to partake in everything that they do, but you know, I, I think, have you had experiences like that where you've lived in that environment where it's opened the door for you to have opportunities to, to share Christ? Absolutely. The times where I've expected people to come to me, this is my church. You will come to me, right? Like we do that as Christians. Like we expect them to come to us. We don't go out to them. You know, the times where I've gotten out of that zone have been the most fulfilling times. And, you know, can you share one specific one? Like without names, can you share a specific story? Yeah. I mean, right after I graduated from college, um, you know, I was in a, I was in kind of a new set of friends. Um, and I mean, it was around here, um, cause I came back here and, and worked, uh, before I taught. And I mean, we'd go out, we'd go out to, you know, places like alley 21 and, you know, we, we would share, you know, stories and whatnot. We would, um, you know, we would partake in a drink. You're right. Like not embarrassed to say that. Um, but I think those conversations with those guys in that time at that place, um, those were the most fulfilling for me. And I, I think they were fulfilling for them. I mean, I never, I I would ask them if they, you know, were going to church or anything like that. But I mean, that's kind of where it stopped. But just the fact that we were talking, um, and, and faith was brought up in that conversation. I think that's, that's a huge step. Nelson. I think really just thinking about this entirely is just really brings it down to the fact that like I need to pray about to, to ask the Holy spirit to be receptive to the Holy spirit when it's telling me to, to cross some of those bridges. That's not something that's comfortable for me. Or So just you, just as you say that, okay. So you've stated one of the most difficult things as a Christian to do, knowing the Holy spirit is speaking so what is that? Explain that I, to the best of your ability. I know that's a very nuanced and very yeah. difficult, but like, what is it, that it, like, for Nelson Cole? For me, it would be an urging, uh, uh, a conviction to reach out to somebody that I know is struggling or, you know, we've always had, uh, I, I speak for you too, but I know I have these moments where it's a name will pop in my head mm. and it's like, you can't stop thinking about that person for the entire day or, or the week or the month or the year before you ever step out of your comfort zone and say, Hey man, how you been? You know? And so like, I think it's very easy to subdue that and to just cover that up with busyness and whatever else. And 
I think just with this discussion going on is like that's something that's convicting me is to to really try to focus on listening to God and say like where are you trying to use me and where am I <clears throat> where would be a better place for me to be able to break down some of this exclusivity and try to reach out because it's very easy to not that's I mean that's I mean that's easier than reaching out for sure and so what like do you have any specifics of times where maybe you you said yes to God and and followed through um just really just like when I knew some 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 of my guys back home that were struggling and it's like it's it's not a it's not a part of the core where I I typically reach out and have a conversation with but it's like and some relationships have really developed over what they were in the past by that and it's just and, and and that's kind of like like a specific was kind of like you know I felt like there was there's some reason that I, I'm thinking about you and I don't and I've I've you know I have a friend struggling right now and I've said hey man I don't know what's going on right now but I've been praying about you all day because I don't know and and I you know usually the one time I really did I mean I got a thumbs up said needed it hmm. and it's like you've reached out to me before like I don't know what's you know like just been on my mind this week, man, just thinking about you, praying about you. And it's like, that can change a whole week, mm. you know, and like, and to hear that. So like, that's just kind of like when you, just hearing you guys talk, it's kind of what's kind of been going through my heart and mind, I guess. Absolutely. You know, and, and, you know, I, I, I think it's the exposure to people and not running away from people because they're weird or ugly or they smell funny or, they're hard to get along with. That's see, that's the part of this exclusive exclusivity thing that's most difficult is we're comfortable around the people that are like us. Like us, right? But when we're around those other people, it's hard not to have an edge to you. But I think it's it's allowing yourself to you know to to develop a relationship and and it doesn't have to feel the same it doesn't have to be the same it doesn't have to it doesn't have to gratify you the same that other relationships do maybe it's one where you are just a teacher where you are just a guy who's going to I'm going to encourage you I'm going to be here when you need me but like I'm not going to pursue this like you're not going to be in my home every night like I would maybe someone else let somebody else but like I'm still going to like reach out to you at times and when you call me I'm going to drop everything and I'm going to be there to the best of my ability but then I'm not going to I'm going to be willing to call you on your crap too like I'm you know and and those I think you know, the funny thing that you say in church, those are EGRs, extra grace required. But I think it's not like cutting yourself off from the fact that like God opens doors for people like that as well. And so what are you going to do? Like, you know, are you going to sacrifice and, and make time? Or are you going to say, no, like it's easier over here and so I'm going to stick with this, you know? And I, you know, this is this is the thing with all of us. I think there. I think it's easy for people to label other Christians as exclusive, but you aren't walking. You know where I'm walking. You aren't doing 
what I'm doing. And so, you know, for someone to make that claim about you, like, that doesn't mean that it represents you. That just means that's their perception of you. And I think we all have perceptions of how people should be and what they should do. And like that really is what we should get rid of as Christians is like try to put ourselves because we're too selfish. We're always too selfish. This this world creates selfishness in us. And so it's try it's it's understanding and trying to have a perspective where we say, Hey, listen, like this doesn't seem right. This seems really exclusive and it seems like they're leaving me out. But at the end of the day, like like who is this person really? Like and what's really going on in their life? Like what would what would why would they react or be that way? Is it because they just think I'm a terrible person? They don't want anything to do with me, or is it because maybe like you know this door is shut for this time or this season? Maybe it'll be open later, but maybe God's trying to open another door somewhere else, you know, or trying to drive a passion in me towards something else. We we're we're getting close to time. Actually, we may be over time. I don't know. Are we over? We're close. We're close. Okay. I, this is this is what God's been teaching me lately, and it's goes back to it's a it's a kiss moment. Keep it simple, stupid. Nelson like hit the nail on the head when he when he talked about like just the spirit leading. Um, and I, for me, I I've allowed my life to get to a place where I've been busy where I've neglected my growth in Christ, where it's easier to go home and flip a TV on and spend the last hour, you know, just kind of vegging out or not get up early enough in the morning to have some time with God or, or whatever, or even spend time with my kids, read to them, whatever, okay? It's been easy not to do those things. And I've got a great excuses. I mean, really good excuses, like good, like really good, like they're acceptable excuses, but the more I think about like being sensitive to God and the doors that he opens so that we are open to share the gospel and to discipleship one another and to create environments where there is growth in our life and in others, it starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with each of us making God a priority and time with him a priority. Because when we clear the clutter and we focus down deep on the most important things, then those opportunities, I feel like, come flying in way more than they do when, when, when our life is just haywire. We don't have time for them. And when we see the phone and we see the name, we think, oh, I don't want to deal with this right now. But so many times when, when, I, when, when my life has more of a sharp focus towards God and my personal growth, those opportunities come more often and bear more fruit. So we want to be less exclusive. We want to be more Jesus-focused and more open to pointing to what's most important. I think it starts with you and with me and us making sure that we're in a right place to not only be able to speak those truths, to sense and hear the Spirit when He's speaking to us and then go and do. Right on, right on. Nelson, any additional thoughts, man? Uh, not tonight, sir. All right. Guys, good conversation. I missed this. Yeah. This is good to be back. 
Got to get Cody back now. Tay and I were talking just before this happened, before we came up here tonight, and she said, isn't it amazing that what's happened in a year? Like, COVID happened. What did we all say was the best part of it? Everybody's not busy. Everything yeah. kind of shut down. And it's it's striking how fast everything's picked up for all, everybody. It's just right back into it. And, and uh, I hope we don't, you know, lose some of – some of those memories of, you know, how important those times when we kind of throttle back really were. And and the reality is this, like, we don't, we don't need to create this busyness. Mm-hmm. I mean, there will be seasons where we have to embrace it, but like, we don't, yeah. COVID pr- proved we don't need that. We don't yeah. have to do that. Yeah. That's, that doesn't define us, you know, you know, if you, any, if you want to do anything, you can make time for it. Mm-hmm. You want to work out. You want you want to train for a marathon and do that. Like you can carve time out of your schedule to do those things. Okay. Why are we not carving time out? You know, for those things that are more important even than that, right? Um, we've got to like keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's been good having everybody should we, back. This should we week? call this yeah. the kiss? Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we just found a title. All right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we might rethink that. <laughs> just, just saying. All right, fellas. Like I said, it's been awesome. Glad to, glad to be back here with you guys, growing with you guys. It's been a uh, been a pleasure. Been a pleasure. Kevin, not so much with you, but Nelson's been great, man. Really? That's right, man. Really? I ruined it. It's the Black Rabbit crew. <laughs> uh, guys, I'll go ahead and uh, close this up in prayer. Father, thank you for, again, bringing us back together tonight. Um, Thank you for um, allowing us this opportunity to grow together, to love one another, uh, to joke with one another, uh, and to just talk about you and your son Jesus and everything that he has to offer, um, everything that he leads us to that is good and worthy um, of our time. And uh, Lord, we just pray that, you know, going through this next week and the next months and the next years, up until our last breath, Lord, that you help us um, be more inclusive of everyone and help give us the words and the actions that we need to uh, not only help them grow, but to continue helping us grow within you, Lord. It's in your heavenly name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, Kevin, signing off, man. See you. Later. Deuces. Deuces.